Now we're rolling Damage Plan MMA podcast presented by Fierce Fighting Championship 25. On today's show, we've got Melody Schrock, a 2-0 amateur fresh off of her big win at Fierce Challenger Series 4. Schrock continues to rapidly rise the ranks of the amateur featherweight division, and we got the chance to talk about that and a whole lot more. Melody may not be fighting in April, but if you want to watch four belts be crowned and one of the most stacked cards in Fierce history, head over to FierceFightingChampionship.com, and if you're unable to attend, the pay-per-view is always available at that website. That's enough for me. Let's kick it over to Melody Schrock. And right now we are joined by none other than Melody Schrock, a 2-0 amateur who really has been making her name over the last couple of months over at Fierce Fighting Championship. Melody, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be on here. Well, we really have been wanting to talk to you. I mean, following last week and your incredible performance against Beth Silva, I mean, it was a really exciting fight, a real back and forth battle. And so we just kind of wanted to get to know you a little bit better. Typically on this podcast, we like to kind of go back and kind of get to know the fighter a little bit better. So I think the first question we want to start off with is just like, how did you get to where you're at today? What kind of got you into martial arts in the first place? So I started martial arts when I was 14 years old, I believe. Yeah, it was definitely 14. So I started doing karate or a martial art very similar to karate. Um, I did that for about four to five years, I'd say. And then eventually I switched over to jujitsu. So for the past three years about now, I've been doing just jujitsu and the MMA classes that we have at our academy right now. So I started with karate and then I made the transition over to mainly jujitsu. And then I do all the MMA stuff on top of that. Well, that's incredible. Why, why did you start doing karate at the age of 14? Why did you pick karate? Was it just something that you wanted to do or how did that all kind of come to be? So when I was younger, when I was 14, I always saw these shows of these karate kids doing like karate picking butt and I was like oh my god I want to do that so bad I want to be a badass like that (laughs) so I found a karate place that I started doing karate and I was obsessed with martial arts as as a child 14 years old to about 18 years old That, that that was kind of the time frame I was doing karate and I was very dedicated to it like every I did it two days a week and I was very committed to it. Like I would do it every time. And if I missed, I was like so sad about it. So I don't know why, but I've always had a very, very strong feeling about martial arts. And it's just, it's always been something that has been very, very close to my heart. And I don't, I don't know why, but I've always felt very, very drawn to it. And then once I started jujitsu, it took over my life even more because Doing karate, I was always a stand-up person. I was stand-up was my main game. So once I switched over to jujitsu, I was like very confused with everything. I was like, what is this wrestling stuff? But it took a few months, but eventually I fell in love with it. And jujitsu is like the closest thing that I have to me right now. And it means very, very much to me. And I just, I love training jujitsu. Martial arts is my life and I, I love it so much. You said that you were into a lot of martial arts movies, a lot of martial arts media. Do you have any specific movie or any specific show that you watched that, that made you go, that's exactly what I want to do? 
So I watched The Karate Kid a lot. Love that movie. I love. I still love all of the movies. I absolutely love them. Another show. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's called Kicking It. It's a Disney show. It's a very. It's kind of a cringy show, but the kids were very cliche karate kids that picked all the bullies' butts, and it was just. It was. It was funny because I wanted to be a badass like that. So that's that's kind of started. That's incredible. So, okay, really quickly, I do have to kind of go down this wormhole. I mean, there's Cobra Kai now, there's all the different Karate Kid movies. So when it comes to the Karate Kid movies, there's a whole bunch of them. Which one is your favorite? Oh, God, the the first Karate Kid. That is the one that I always think of when I think of a karate movie. But so I would definitely say the first one is the one I always think of first. And then when it comes to Cobra Kai, do you watch Cobra Kai? I mean, it's a huge hit on Netflix. It was on YouTube TV for a while or YouTube premium or something like that. But are you big into that show? Are you are you caught up on that? I watched like, is there two seasons now? I think there's something like that. But I watched the first season and then I kind of fell off because I don't know. I just wasn't that into it because maybe because I'm so into jujitsu right now. But um, yeah, I was I watched like the first season. Then I kind of fell off. But. It is what it is. You also talked a little bit about making sure that you always made it to practice and making sure that you always made it to as many training sessions as you possibly could. And if you didn't, it was kind of frustrating for you. Is that something that you think has benefited you as you've gone to jujitsu? I, I, I mean, being in the jujitsu community myself, one of the big things, one of the big cliches is, you know, just keep showing up, just keep training. Is that something that you've really taken to practice in your own life is just making sure that you are there as often as you can. And that's what's built you and, and grown you into the fighter that you are. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. One of the biggest things I talk about on, if you look on my social media or anything, it's definitely consistency because what I've learned over my martial arts journey and just working out and so far in life that I've been already is consistency is definitely key. And I remember when I was younger, I always made it a very conscious point to always be at practice. And I remember my mom's always like, "Why? it's okay if you skip one day. It's not that big of a deal. But I'm like, no, mom, it's a big deal. It's, I can't miss. So I don't know, things like that. And I think starting martial arts young and having and holding myself accountable to being there has definitely made made for me all of the rest of my martial arts journey so yeah i think that's um that's a big thing for me is i've been um is consistent with my martial arts and that's led to me being able to be consistent with other things so i think starting young was a very very big thing for me as well you talk a lot about accountability and making sure that that you are you know managing yourself and making sure that you do the things that you're supposed to do. Do you find that you are your own toughest critic? Do you find that you've always been harder on yourself? Because I, I do find in a lot of people that, that are that way, that they find themselves being their own harshest critic. Do you find that you can be kind of tough on yourself because you do hold yourself to such a high standard? You hold yourself accountable for the things that you do. 100%. Yes, I definitely, I, I'm very critical of myself, which is definitely a good thing. It can lead to bad things sometimes, but I think it's very, very important to keep pushing yourself 
to your limits and past your limits because if you get comfortable in things that's when you start just letting things slide and i think it's very very important to um keep pushing yourself be critical of what you want and keep pushing yourself past your limits so why did you switch to mma so originally i was going to start fighting mma when i was in that karate class i was i would say i was about i was 17 about to turn 18 um Right now I'm 20, so that was a few years ago. So originally I wanted to start MMA when I was 18, and I was going to start in in that class that I was in uh, through that school that I was in. But um, I started doing jujitsu around that same time. So um, once I started doing jujitsu, my plans kind of changed a little bit. And then the coach I have right now, actually, Kawilani Moorhead, he was uh, he used to be an MMA fighter. So he knew all about that kind of world and things like that. So when I switched over completely to the jiu-jitsu school, um, he kind of helped me along that MMA road. Um, we did the MMA classes after our jiu-jitsu classes. So um, trying to think of the year. I think it was about... 2021 when I actually actively started looking for MMA fights um during that time it was really really tough to find opponents because obviously I was new to the whole game so it was it was kind of tough to find people and then um once I got going after a while it just took time and patience to actually have someone come up to me and offer me an opponent and having that stick through so it just took the patience and it, it worked out. So I'm very, very grateful for that. Yeah. You've had some canceled bouts early on before you kind of got involved with fierce. There were some canceled bouts along the way. What was that process like getting involved with fierce? How did, how did you come across Zach? How did Zach come across you and how did that all get put together for you to fight Nicole Funga last October? So, um, I was, I had, I'm trying to remember, I had some canceled bouts, um, and that it, I think it was April. Yes, it was definitely April of last year. I had a bout fully scheduled. And then the day of the weigh-ins, she couldn't, she couldn't make weight. She got, she went to the ER and all that. So um, that one got canceled and I was super, super sad about that one. But um, I think it was shortly after that, Zach messaged me and he asked if I was interested in doing a 145 fight with uh, Nicole Fuga. And I, at the, at the time, I didn't know what Fierce Fighting Championship was. So I kind of did a little bit of research, found out who Zach was and all this stuff. So I agreed to that bout. And then that was, yes, that was last October. So I agreed to that bout. And then from there, I really, really appreciated how Fierce Fighting Championship took care of their fighters and all that and the professionalism so I was very very grateful and that definitely makes me want to stick around so I really appreciate that I, I will ask is is MMA is that transition because I mean you were competing in jiu-jitsu and still are very very consistently I mean you're you're one of the most consistent fighters outside of MMA that is still competing in other sports specifically jiu-jitsu that being said what has it been like making that transition I mean in your first fight 
you were on your back when you got that submission. And oftentimes in MMA, being on your back is kind of something that's, you know, said not to do, but you do it at such a high level. And then I also saw that growth in your second fight, but what has it been like making that transition? It's been very interesting. I mean, naturally I feel, I feel very natural at jujitsu. It's something that comes naturally to me. And I think specifically the type of jujitsu that I do, which is Gracie jujitsu. It's very, um, we focus a lot on the old school jujitsu that Hoist Gracie, Hickson, all those people, the jujitsu that they used to do. We really bring that over and use that in our MMA. And I think that's a big, big help because um, the jujitsu that they did, it was meant specifically for fighting. Um, avoiding punches, getting to clinches, avoiding as much damage as possible. So I think a big part in my jiu-jitsu is that it is Gracie jiu-jitsu and that um, we use the concepts and the philosophy of um, avoiding as much damage as possible and getting close and all of those things. Um, but yeah, the transition for me, it was it was very rough at first when I started first started doing jiu-jitsu from karate because I I felt unnatural on the ground. So it definitely took a few months and I was like, what is going on here? But something for me clicked after a few months and then I started really getting in the flow of everything. And then once I started doing that, I started training like seven days a week of jiu-jitsu and training like a maniac because I was obsessed with it. So and I still I still do to this point. Um not as much as when I started, but I'm still, I still train pretty much every day of the week. So I do want to ask you specifically, you talked a lot about the Gracie's and things like that. A lot of Gracie specific schools really, really focus on the gi. What was it like transitioning from primarily, I would assume, did you train mostly in the gi when you first started? Mostly gi. Yes, we did. We did both, but primarily we did mostly gi and still to this day, we still do mostly gi. In my jujitsu competitions, I actually prefer no gi a lot more, which is strange because we do train in the gi a lot more. Um, But we have striking classes with um, striking and jujitsu together, which are no gi. So that could be a reason why I feel so comfortable with the nogi aspect, but I definitely do prefer competing in nogi because of, there's much less friction and all that with the gi and stuff. But I found training with the gi, especially like general MMA training where we're punching, it goes to the ground, we start grappling, um, things like that. It makes your jujitsu a lot better if you're wearing the gi because you can't really slip around. You have to use the technique correctly. So I find that using my gi and training definitely helps with my no gi aspect. And then also with MMA, there you can't grab lapels and stuff with that in MMA. So you kind of have to switch over that mindset. But I would say training in gi has definitely helped me uh, improve my technique a lot. I do want to ask you while we're just kind of on this conversation of that transition from, you know, competing so much in jujitsu, obviously you have that karate background, but that transition over to MMA, did any parts of your game have to change? So I would say nothing really had to change for me because like I was saying about Gracie jujitsu, the philosophy of Gracie jujitsu is that 
we're starting from standing because again, Gracie yeah. Jiu-Jitsu is self-defense based. So the, the fight for the most part always starts from standing. So that's how we always start. We start with self-defense techniques. We do some takedowns maybe, or one or the other or so. And then it's like, a we start from the top and then we go down to the ground. So very similar to MMA. So I would say my game would not, didn't have to change that much because I was always used to starting standing and then we would go to the ground. And again, we were very used to throwing strikes and things like that because um, in Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, there's definitely, definitely strikes. We're always looking for ways to protect ourselves. So it was natural for me to kind of protect myself, get to a, do, get to a clinch and take down and then from there control the position. So you're two and oh, you fight Nicole Funga, who was kind of a quicker first round submission. And then you fight Beth Silva, which that fight was a whole lot different than your debut, just a, a couple days removed. I mean, what did you learn in that second fight? And, and, and what was, I guess just your your initial thoughts on on how that fight went and how different I guess it was than your debut. Definitely. So I would definitely say my de- my second fight was a lot tougher than my first one. Um, I took a lot more strikes, and obviously with my second fight, I was I definitely see improvement for myself that I could do with my stand up and striking and all of that. Um, but. Bethany had some good striking, I would say. Her Muay Thai was pretty good. Um, I definitely don't think I feel as comfortable striking, or I didn't. For some reason in that fight, I didn't feel as comfortable. Not sure why exactly, but um, once I get to my clinch, I start feeling comfortable. But I think that's where I need to start working on my striking a bunch. And I mean... When I'm training, I feel super, super comfortable striking and all of that. But again, with being in the cage, it's like adrenaline and you go like, you kind of forget, forget a lot of things. So I would definitely say it was a tough fight and Bethany was very good standing and on the ground. I was very impressed with what, with how she did as well. Um, But yeah, I would say. I definitely need to work on my striking a bit and we'll see where we go from there. Well, you both were absolutely incredible. And I've got to ask you about that first round submission. You talked about it in the post fight a little bit with Jason, but the adrenaline's pumping, you're exhausted. And and a lot of fighters tell me like, I don't even know what I said in the post fight interview, but you know, a couple days removed, how close was it? And how shocked were you when she didn't tap to the first one? So yeah, that was, that's, that's a big thing. I very much regret that round. So I knew I had that arm bar and I think I I'm sure Bethany has some very flexible arms. I could, I could definitely tell um, my sister, she has very, very flexible arms. And I was like, am I arm barring my sister right now? What is going on? But um, I definitely thought I had that arm bar because I was extending um, where, where I made my mistake is when she started punching my leg. I was like, oh, oh my God, she's tapping. So I released the tension and I was like, okay, okay, we're done here, right? But um, then I realized she was punching me. And then at that point it was too late and she had already come up. Um, 
So I think that's something where I need to practice more of don't stop until the ref makes you stop, which is a big thing because it takes practice. I've only been in the cage two times. So it's definitely going to take some practice with that. And that's what an amateur career is all about, right? I mean, it's learning these lessons now. And I mean, coming from a jujitsu standpoint, it's like when you feel a tap, you let go. That's just being a good teammate. That's just being a good competitor. But in MMA, yeah. it's kind of different, right? And so you it, that, yeah. that adjustment has to be made. Speaking a little bit about growth in MMA, what would you say is the biggest thing that you've grown or learned about yourself, your game, the way that you fight from... The beginning of October before you made that walk against Nicole Funga versus now 2-0 beating Beth Silva last weekend. So the biggest growth thing I've learned, I think, um, I mean, right now after this last fight, I'm like super pumped about MMA. I'm like, I want to I want to do everything right now. Um, and I think I wanted to feel what it was actually like to bash it out fight I did to an extent want to do that and I, de I definitely got that with Beth and I'm I mean obviously I I would want to get I would want to get the win in the first round like I did with Nicole but I I do think it's important to get that grit in MMA and really learn how to fight through all of that adrenaline and when you're getting hit I think that's something very important that I learned that needs to be learned in MMA at some point. So I think that's a big thing I've learned is just pushing through, getting that grit through all of those punches, through all of that, everything going on in your head. I think it's very important for me at least to learn how to fight through all of that. It's, I mean, fighting through the fire is one of the toughest lessons that you learn in this sport, especially for someone who goes from one fight where it's a first round finish and the second one is a striking battle, a grappling battle back and forth the entire time for the entire nine minutes. What was going on in between rounds? Because I think I said on the broadcast that going into the second round, I was like, this is uncharted territory for both Beth being her debut and Melody getting the finish in the first round. They've never gone to the corner after already being three minutes into a fight, what was it like having a corner, listening, talking, sitting on the stool, getting back over there and hearing some of the adjustments that needed to be made? What was your corner saying and what was kind of going through your head? So, yeah, it was definitely, definitely strange for me to go to a, to my corner and talk to my coach in between rounds, but um, I definitely think it was good. I, for me, I was, I'm still with MMA. I get super hyped up and I'm like, ultra focused and I can't really hear on the outside what people are saying. Obviously I, I try to listen to what my coach is saying. Um, but I'm kind of laser focused. Um, he was just telling me the things that I needed to do, keep my distance, cover my face from those punches and things like that. Um, but I definitely think it, it's a, it's a big focus thing for me because when I'm, um, when I'm really overwhelmed or something with punches or I'm laser focused, dialing into what your coach is saying and really taking that into account, I think is something that is so important and something I know I definitely need to work on. So, and him being there in between rounds, I think that definitely helped me, um, help me get that focus back on track a little bit more. So, As we've been going through this interview, it seems like 
you always come back to like, there's things that I want to improve on, or there's things that, that I do want to change, which is, I just have to say very admirable because, you know, a lot of people would sit here and go, I'm two and oh, I, I have two finishes. I mean, that's pretty cool for you. Where do you think that relentlessness comes from that desire to always get better? Because it's, it's something to really tip your hat off to. Yeah. For me, MMA for me is seeing how far I can get and always seeing what I can improve because my coach always says, you don't, don't get an ego because if you get an ego, there's always, always going to be somewhere, someone bigger and badder out there. So you're never, ever, ever going to be the best. So an ego is useless. So I'm always super focused on what I can improve. I think that is what helps you grow as a person and never settling and thinking you're the best at any point or thinking I don't need to work on anything anymore. I think always having something to work on is what's going to make you the best. I really think that. So, so couple seconds left, 10 second clapper is off final seconds of the bout. You go for one last pull on that arm bar. And the fight ends. What was going through your mind? Could you believe that it had happened? Did you realize how much time was left in the fight? Like what was going through your head? I mean, it was a crazy finish. Yeah, I, for me, that, and I, so I was on the bottom of the guard at the time. She, um, I don't know what I was thinking, to be honest. I was, I was definitely very tired and very, um, my head was going crazy and I don't know, I I don't remember exactly going for that arm bar. I just kind of, my body just kind of did it because I saw that arm there and I threw my leg up and over and I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. And I was, I was surprised when she tapped. I was surprised when she tapped. So, um, but I saw her arm there and I was like, okay, let's do this. And the time I was aware of the time that was on the clock. Um, I think it's so crazy that there was one second left. I think that's absolutely insane, but yeah, I think it was very, very good timing for that. I'm yeah. I think that arm bar, I'm very glad it was right there at that time. So, yeah. So back to back wins, back to back mm -hmm. arm bars. Is it safe to say that is your favorite submission? 100%. The armbar from the guard, that is the light of my life. I love it so much. <laughs> You're doing very well. You're doing very well in a promotion that has tough fights for you. You just faced two tough opponents in Nicole as well as Beth. And when you look at where you're at, you kind of talked about earlier that, that you're all in on MMA. Um, you know, take that as, as you will. But how far do you want to take this? How far do you want to go with this? I, I've really been thinking about that recently. And I think for me, I I want to see how good I can get. Um, whether that be in Bellator, UFC, whatever that may be. Personally, I would like to see how far my skill level can take me. Um, yes, I would like, I definitely like to go professional. I would love to go in Bellator, UFC someday or one of those big, big promotions. But for me, all I want is I want to see how far 
my skills can take me. So. Well, we hope you go as far as you possibly can. And we look forward to continuing to cover and watch and follow you along your journey. She is Melody Schrock. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Blake, for having me.